today I want to bring you our final essential, our final essential, and I have titled it Hone In, Don't Hold Back. Can you guys say this with me? Hone In, Don't Hold Back. One more time. Hone In, Don't Hold Back. This last essential, we decided to call it this because I believe deep inside whatever relationship you're in, whatever that context is for you, I believe that you want something special. You want your loved ones, your little ones, or teenagers, or friends to live out their full potential. Is that right? You guys want them to live their extraordinary purpose. Well, we don't want to hold them back. I don't want to hold my three-year-old back, uh, and I want to, her to, to be able to live out her extraordinary purpose. And that's going to take us honing in, sharpening, shaping how they were created, helping to understand how they were created and not holding them back. I believe that you care about those people in your life, the children, those growing up, maybe the friends around you, people who look up to you. Hey, church, we're in the church. If you are a leader here or you have any sort of influence, if you're on a team here today, can I speak to you for a second? There are people looking up to you. And we have a responsibility and God calls us to help others to, to become better and to call it out of them. And, and shaping is such a big responsibility. Does anyone feel with me the weight of this responsibility of being a parent? Anybody? Because it's a difficult, it's a difficult place to be, but I love that it's an opportunity for us to grow and to raise some incredible human beings to go into the world and live out their extraordinary purpose. And I love something that Dr. Tony Evans said, and he is a great speaker and author and pastor, and he said this, it is far easier to shape a child than to repair an adult. And we get to be a part of that shaping. What a privilege. What a privilege that if we are just so careful and so intentional and so caring and loving about this now, they're going to deal with a lot less later. They're going to deal with so much less later, and we care, and so we're going to work hard at this. We're here to learn. We're here to take some things in. We have the opportunity, you and I, to shape children that will not need repair. We have the opportunity today, each one of us, to change the generation that's coming, the generation that's here now, our future. And a lot of times we're really good at shaping and instructing and giving instruction and helping them. A lot of times we're good at supporting, just being there, being that support for our young people. But today, I want to focus especially on the sending part. This is a sad moment for a lot of us because we've raised these people and we've raised these little people, or maybe we are right now, my three-year-old, she's probably around 15 years away from, uh, you know, She's already got attitude, but, you know, she's going to have more space and she's going to be out there more and not having me around all the time. And it kind of makes my heart feel really tight to think that one day I'm going to send her into the world. But if we do it right, we're not going to lose them. We're not going to lose them. If we do it right, we don't have to lose our children. There's a difference between losing them and losing them. If we hold them so tight and control everything they do and everything they are and make them be like us or make them be all the things we want them to be instead of understanding who they are, we're going to lose them. If we control them, they're going to want to rebel and they're going to be want to be far away from you as possible. And we don't want that. But if we carefully loosen and give them space, as I'm going to talk about today, I believe that as we prepare them, they're always going to know we're there. And it's going to be an amazing relationship. And so I want to tell you, we need to send 
our people, our children, our young people into the world to live out their extraordinary purpose. But I want to unpack today, and I have four points for you. How do we send our kids into the world with extraordinary purpose? How do we do that? I remember myself growing up, I am one of two children, so my, my sister is the older one. She's three years older than me. But something my father always taught me, uh, well, my sister and I, both of us, he always taught us the, the, the value of responsibility. He always said, I don't know, you know all the time where you're going to be. I know that I'm, I'm your parent and for a season I'm going to know. But always remember that uh, everything you do has a consequence, good or bad. Isn't that true? You guys agree? There's always a consequence. If I do a good thing, if uh, I do a nice thing for someone else, you know, there's probably, I'm going to feel good, first of all. And eventually, maybe they're going to be able to help. I don't do it for that, but, and so on. And maybe if I use my money well, I'm going to have a good return. And so he always taught me this as he sent me into the world to live out my extraordinary purpose. And I appreciate it so much that, you know, this value of if you're responsible, Remember that there's always a consequence to your action. And it always made me think from a very young age about the decisions that I made. And so we have this power and this position, this very precious position to instill these things into our children and young people and maybe friends. Maybe you're a mentor of someone and they look up to you. How amazing is that? So how do we send our kids into the world with extraordinary purpose? And the first skill that I believe will help us to parent well to help for, to, to care for those that we love well, is to raise them. You're like, this is obvious. That is what we do as parents, to raise them. But I want to talk to you today about this first skill, that it is to raise them well and intentionally. Because just like ourselves adults, if you and I don't choose our values, the world will do it for us. If you, let me tell you something, maybe you're just living life and it's good and you're floating and you're like, I'm just going to see where I'm going to end up. That is not a good place to be because you are allowing all the things around you to be in control of your situation. And that's, that's crazy. But I want to tell you that destination will be determined by your direction. And so if we give our children direction, we help them and for intentional Hey, we're going to teach them some values and they're going to grow up strong with a strong foundation. If we don't shape intentionally, the world will. How are we raising our kids? How you raise them now will determine who they will be then. How you raise them now, think about that, will determine how they are then. And so many times as parents and people who are guardians and who, who have uh, been given the job and responsibility to care for young people, maybe even, you know, teenagers and so on, we think, oh gosh, but like the world is just so crazy. They're not going to make it. They're going to suffer so much. But hey, we have a part to play in instilling some things that will determine who they will be in the future. We have a part to play. I brought something with me here today. It's a, it's a, it's a piece of wood, but this has a purpose. Do I have any people into gardening with me in this room today. One person. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, uh, I moved to the countryside when we were launching our Dundalk location October last year. I'll tell you guys, I have fallen in love with gardening. So you guys are invited to come over sometime and see my garden. My potatoes have just started growing. Impressive? 
You guys are impressed? Thank you so much. Um, but I just want to uh, show you guys that this is a stake. This gives support to a plant, to a small plant, a growing plant. This gives support. It is placed beside the plant as it grows so that it can help to support, it can help to protect the plant from growing just on the ground near weeds and insects. It helps to guide the plant to know where to grow upright, right? That is the way to go. And so even in this picture that I have here on the screen, there's two stakes on that plant to help it, to show it the way um, for support so that this plant will not carry all the weight by itself, but that it will have support, a healthy amount of support so that it will grow. But I have a next picture after this here. This is not a good scenario. This plant did not grow with a stake and with support and with guidance. And here we have an example that of, of a plant that has. And this is a powerful thing when a plant is growing because if the stake is too rigid, it's too tight to the tree, it will grow up weak. It may be the case that, just one back there, guys. It may be the case that this plant had a stake, but it was so rigid that when the stake came off of it, it had no strength to hold itself up. It was just so weak. It was just so weak. And so this can also happen. If the stake is too rigid, the tree will grow up weak. And we don't want that either. We don't want that. But also, if the stake is too loose, the tree will grow up crooked. It will not really have a way to grow. You're not really showing me if it's being bent with every bit of wind, you know? So there is a, there is a sweet spot. And I believe, just like this analogy of this stake in these plants, that how we raise our children as a stake and as a support, we don't need to be too rigid. We don't need to, to take all of the weight off of them and never allow them to experience life or situations or difficulty, but to be a support that when they need it, we're right there. We're right there. And also that we're not there altogether, that they're just so confused and they don't know anything about life. And they go into this crazy world when now they have bills to pay and maybe college or work or they're figuring it out and they have no clue what they're doing. And I want to, to bring our attention because I believe that the Bible has something to say about this. And I believe that more than just morals and family values, I believe that we should teach our children and lead them uh, into a godly way, into a godly way. Because you can teach people morals and you can teach family values, but let me tell you, that will only do so much. We have a, a heavenly father who wants to help us through every circumstance. And can I tell you today that if you're in a situation that is difficult and it's unbearable and you just don't see the point in it, when we go to God and we surrender everything to him, yes, he may change the situation. He may change your situation today. Can I tell you that? That's some good news. I don't know what situation you're facing, but I believe that God will do one of two things. He will either change your situation or he will change your perspective to see what he is doing, what he's growing in you. But we have to have open hearts and open minds. And, and so as we teach our children godliness, it's so much more than just them being a nice person. It's them knowing you have a heavenly father who loves you to the point of giving up his only son so that you could live your extraordinary purpose, to be reunited with your heavenly father so that you could live a, a relationship, you could have a relationship with him and live a full life that he has promised us. I really believe that. And so we, we're going to pick up this passage from Deuteronomy 6, uh, 4 to 9, if you want to follow along in the Bible app, but it's going to be here too. 
Because I believe in this value and I believe it's, it's a, a foundation. That is why it's the very first point that we should have and we should share with our children. And here is what Moses says to the people of God as they were in the wilderness, had lost their way. He's reminding them of the main thing. He's reminding them of what's important. And he says to them, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, the Almighty God, no greater than him, no one greater than him exists. And he says, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be in your hearts, close to you. You know the love of Jesus? Maybe some of you here know the love of Jesus today. Hey, Keep going back to that commandment. Keep going back. Are we loving him with all of who we are, every part of our being? He's, he also says to the people of God, and I believe that God says this to us today, impress, teach, repeat over and over again these commandments to your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and then walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. And the last verse that I want to share with you is tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them together on your forehead. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. What does this mean? Let it be a part of every area of your life, whether you go or you come back, of your family, yourself, as you lie down, as you get up. Can I ask you today, church, if you're a Christ follower as I am here today, let it be more than just a Sunday morning. This is great, and I love being here and to be with our church family every Sunday in Dundalk. But hey, God has so much more for you. If the Sunday morning is all that you're experiencing right now, I want to encourage you. I want to call you today to live a lifestyle of worship. Every single day, seeking God and say, God, what do you have for me today? What, how can I be better today? Being in the Word of God. Be a 24-7 Christian. And I believe that as parents and mentors and people of influence, this is something that our young people are also watching. Come on. Our people are watching if we're authentic. And maybe some of you in this room today, maybe you're a skeptic or you're an atheist or you're kind of searching. And maybe Christians who weren't Christians 24-7 really confused you and maybe even hurt you in the past. Because it did not make sense what they were on a Sunday morning to a Monday and Tuesday and a Friday night. It's like, what? Like, you love this God with all of your heart and soul and mind, but you, you also have this life? I don't understand. Yeah. Hey, can we be authentic Christians who don't confuse our children, but who live out the fullness of all our purpose yeah. so that we can add to their lives in a really relevant way? We need to... As Christians, as parents, as mentors, whatever that place for you today is, we need to mold in instructing them, in telling them, but also we need to model. We need to model. They watch everything that we do. Like my daughter right now, she just watches everything. I don't know where she's learning to say all this stuff. She said to me this morning, thank you so much. I'm like... I don't know where you picked that up. I know we talk around the house and stuff, but you know when they say something, you weren't expecting it, and she's saying all these things, and she's repeating after us, and we're going you know, to the garden, and she's describing all the plants and stuff. It's just amazing because they're watching us, and they're copying us. And so if we want to raise them intentionally, let's live intentionally. How about that? Let's live intentionally, not just 
here on Sunday morning, this is amazing, but every day of our lives, in your kindness and generosity, how you, you say you want to be, be that person, even if it's difficult for a little while, but it's worth it. And I love what um, Andy Stanley, author and pastor, said, your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something that you do, but someone that you raise. Your greatest contribution, I believe a lot of you here in this room today, your heart is to contribute and to help the kingdom of God to expand in this land, amen? But hey, how about if it's not something you do or something you give, but a person that you invest in and that you raise that will have an impact of generations, changing someone's eternity. And so we know that how you raise, I believe, is the first skill as we find some help as parents. The second skill that I believe uh, that we should have as we help to send our children out into the world to live out their extraordinary purpose is to relate. We are raising them intentionally, but also I believe we need to relate. But the truth is that I cannot relate to someone that I don't understand. Isn't that right? I cannot relate or understand you if I don't know what you're going through. I don't know how you think, really. I don't know what kind of values are. I can't, I can't relate. Maybe once we get to know each other, I can relate with you in some things. I was just speaking to someone here in church today, talking about popcorn and coke in the cinema. And straight away, we connected because we related that we love cinema. So like, it doesn't take a whole lot, but it will take understanding one another to relate. And I want to tell you that 21% of our population here in Ireland is Gen Z. What does that mean? How is that relevant to me? 21% of our population in Ireland, in Ireland is Gen Z. I want to tell you how much do you know or understand of this generation? This is a generation that we are raising. Think about that. We need to empower them and invest and mold them and model to them. But how about we start understanding them? Their struggles... They may have been different struggles. If you're a baby boomer here, a millennial, uh, Gen X, it's like maybe for some of us, we think they're just not as serious. You know, they're not that serious of problems. They're not that difficult. Like they have a lot easier. And maybe in some ways they do, but do we know what they're going through? They're going through so much. If you're a person who is in, the, in this category, you know how much pressure there is you know how much there is going on in schools. You know how much uh, there is of pressure and just peer pressure and maybe being someone or acting a certain way. They don't have it easy. Yeah. And this is a generation that most likely you and I are raising as parents. So many times we can focus on our generation and who you know, we are, what we went through, but what are they going through right now? The definition of relate is to make or to show a connection between individuals. It's to make that connection, to show it between two people, or to feel sympathy for, or to empathize with. But we cannot do that. We will not understand them unless we spend quality time with them. We will not. And for me right now, my daughter is almost three, like I mentioned, and quality time with her looks a lot different than maybe your quality time with your teenager. Because the truth is that different seasons require a different approach. For her right now is me sitting down and playing. Sometimes she just comes to me and says, 
can you come play with me? She was doing that this morning, and I was playing with her quickly and then out the door. But hey, it's going to take a different approach for you in different seasons of your children. But I really believe that if we want to understand and relate with them and get to the root of a lot of the issues, we have to spend quality time with them. We have to spend quality time with them. It's so easy to get frustrated when we don't understand them. I have been so frustrated for the last three weeks. This is confession time. I've been frustrated, but it's cool, right? This safe place? Safe place. I've been so frustrated. It's been really bad. We started potty training our daughter. And it's been the hardest thing, I believe, honest with you guys, it's been one of the hardest things I've done since having her. It's potty training, this girl. It's just been a struggle. And I was so frustrated uh, this past Friday. I said to my husband, I'm going to take a nap because I can no longer do this. So I went and took a nap. And you know, sometimes, guys, it's just a nap. Sometimes a nap is the answer, so that's cool. Remember that from today's message. And I cooled down. I took a nap. And when I got up, I sat on my bed. And I just had this thought come to my mind that she must also be frustrated with this new thing that we're asking her to do, that she has no idea how to do, and all these different feelings that she's feeling. And I'm here, after explaining a couple of times, expecting her to just get it. It's so easy to get frustrated when we don't understand our kids. My approach and my thinking changed straight away, and I had patience for like 10 minutes, and then I had to go take a nap again. Um, <laughs> but honestly, it changes your approach and how you see them if you begin to understand them. You're teenagers right now. What kind of things are you having to face and walk through life with them right now? What, what is their struggle? Have you spent time trying to sit down and think about it? Or is it just like a quick fix? I believe that if we want to be parents who don't lose our kids, but who always have a healthy relationship with them, that they can always come back to us, I believe we have to start understanding their problems, church. I really believe that we have to start understanding the problems of our children and those that we care for. If not, we're always going to be slapping on a quick fix. And guess what? If we're not where they're finding help, they're going to find it somewhere else. I want to encourage you today. And I want to ask you, what kind of relationship do you have with your kids? Just think about that for a moment. What kind of relationship do you have with your kids? In the light of some of these things, in the light of maybe wanting to understand them more, realizing that they're not just being annoying, they're going through some real serious things, and maybe we're not understanding them, I want to ask you, what kind of relationship should you have with your kids? What kind of relationship should we have with our children? What kind of things do we need to work on today and moving forward as parents to help them as we send them out that we know, you know, I prepared them for some things they're going to face and I have peace in my heart and we have a good and healthy relationship. There's a, a, a verse I want to share with you guys that is often quoted in uh, Christian parenting and any sort of parenting talk in, in the Christian world. And it's from Proverbs 22, 6, but it's also a verse that is misquoted and misunderstood a lot of times and misinterpreted. And I just want us today to look at this verse together and at what it actually means. And here's what it goes like. And you've probably heard this before. 
start your children off on the way that they should go. And even when they're old, they will not turn from it. Have you guys heard this before? Yes? Start your children off, teach your children, show them the way that they should go, and they, even when they're older, they will not turn away from it. And so many times, uh, we just you know, put our agenda in there. So if I show the way that I would like Sophia to grow and some things I want her to achieve, the promise is that she's not going to walk away from it. So like, I'm all good. But when actually in reality, when this was written in the Hebrew language, when you go to really study the root of it, not just what we want the verse to mean, it talks about this part here on the way that they should go is not necessarily talking about a plan, it's talking about understanding their individual way or inclination. It's talking about understanding your child's individual way or inclination. It's telling us, hey, understand how God created your child. And with that, help them in life. Help to advise them. Help them to show the way. Yes, teach them about God's love. And watch them live that out for the rest of their lives probably. Understand your child's strengths, your child's weaknesses. And as we parent, let's parent in a way that takes these things into account. Can I say to you guys that in a couple of years before we launched our Dundalk location this past April, being for actually quite a few years in youth ministry, which is incredible, and we have an amazing youth ministry here led by Matthew Francie and Anna Francie. They're incredible. Um, they really, really are incredible. And uh, it broke my heart so many times. And even now, as we pastor this new location, it breaks my heart to see so many times parents pushing on their own hopes and dreams. And I'm sure there is a great intention with that and a great heart, but not understanding how God created their child and their children a lot of times become miserable. It's heartbreaking sitting across a coffee table with young people who are trying to achieve something to please their parents chasing after a position or a degree that was never their desire or intention. It's not their passion. It's not something they'd like to do, but for the sake of their parents and honoring their parents, they feel miserable. It's heartbreaking because what the Word of God is telling us is telling us, please understand how they were created. There's not two of us in the whole world because God was so unique in creating us. So the plan is not always going to be the same. The plan may look different, but hey, church, can I ask you to understand your child? I want to understand my daughter and not just make a plan. Can we make a plan with them and not just for them? Not considering how God gives, has given them talents and passions and dreams, but to actually say, my child is this way. They have this inclination. They're individual in this incredible way. And so here's how we should go. Let's not just make plans for our children, but with our children in mind. And even with them in the room, they're people. And the more mature they become, they will, they will understand. They will be able to express their hopes and dreams. And sometimes they say, look, they will change their mind from one day to the other. So I can't really rely on that. It's just not stable. I don't know if they're serious about their future. But hey, understanding our children is going to help so much as we help them to establish their future. Is that good? 
And um, as we parent, let's just take all these things into account. The word of God is saying, understand your child. Please understand them. Don't just tell them the way they should go and what you want, but point them to God and say, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And I believe that God is going to reveal all those things to you, but let's make a plan together. Where do you see yourself going? What are the dreams and passions that are in your heart? Imagine the different kind of outcomes we'll get from our children if we have these kind of conversations. The direction for your child's life is set by God, and it gets to be coached by you. We are helpers. We are coming alongside our children, but it's so important, church, that we understand, that we understand them. We need to communicate that we care. We need to communicate to our children that we care by understanding them. And Max Lucado, who is a minister and an author, he said this, children spell love with four letters. T-I-M-E. It's time. Give your children quality time and watch them reveal themselves to you in a beautiful way. The third skill I want to share with you today is we need to resource our kids if we're going to send them out into the world to live out their extraordinary purpose. I really believe it. And I don't mean to resource them in permanent protection. Hey, let's not be too rigid, huh? They're going to be without any strength by the time you step away. They're not going to have any experience in life. They're not going to have stepped out and created their own experience while in a safe space. I believe that our children also don't need a predetermined plan. Let's plan with them in mind. Let's plan with them as they dream and as they share with you about their lives. And I also don't think our children need perfect parents because we're not. <laughs> we're anybody else, but we're not perfect parents. If you are a perfect parent here today, I would like to talk to you after service so I can learn some things from you. But the reality is we're all just trying our best. We're all just trying our best. And by being honest and being able to apologize when needed and to be honest with our kids, it will help to build them up so that they will know, even though we weren't par perfect parents, uh, if you're a Christ follower here today, we had help from a perfect God in raising you. I believe our kids actually need poignant presence, a presence that is sensitive and understanding and it's real, not just trying to get you out of the way so they can go into work or do their thing and be on the phone, but it's, it's present with them, a pattern of prayer. Let's show our kids the way to love God and when they come to a place of making a decision, they have all the tools they need. And also a personal precedent. And I love that because a personal precedent talks about example. I believe our kids need examples if they're going to live out their extraordinary purpose. And I love that in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4, verse 8, the Apostle Paul talks to this young leader uh, and to the church in Ephesus about being an example. And he says this, for physical training is of some value. Working out is good for us, right? Yes? Yes. But godliness has value for all things. Holding promise for both the present, it blesses us, it helps us, it equips us for now, and also for the life to come. He says to Timothy, this is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. As you teach the church in Ephesus, do this with confidence, Timothy. You go and you tell them because this is true. This is fact. This is why we labor and strive. We push through because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the savior of all people, especially those who believe. 
And he says, command and teach these things. Timothy, this is not something that you should be changing your mind about. And if people comment, you stand your ground. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in how you talk, in your wording, in conduct, in your actions, in how you live, in love, in being generous and kind. Set an example in your faith by living out your faith every day of the week in everything you do, and in purity. In purity. Come on. This day and age, it's so difficult to, to give this attention, to live this life, but God is our helper. The most important thing that you can leave is in your children, not to your children. Can I say that again? Being an example in purity and in faith and in love, helping them to become those kind of people, it will stay with them forever. You may leave something to them, a material thing, a car, a house, and money. Not bad things. But let me tell you, what even still in your children will stay with them forever. I grew up in a Christian home, and I know maybe many of you didn't have that growing up. Maybe you have found God later on, or maybe you have not yet experienced the love of God. But growing up, I grew up in in an environment where my parents had faith. They came to, to know Jesus in their early 20s, and... And you know what we used to do growing up? We would get our shopping done. We would get everything on the table. And we would pray thanking God for his provision. It was something so, so special that I bring with me, you know, for my, the rest of my life and all the things that they taught me to live a godly life. Not a perfect life, but they instilled some things in me that no matter the material things I have, even if I lose everything, my confidence in Jesus, it's not going to change. It's not going to change. And it's dangerous. We are dangerous Christians when we say to the enemy, there's nothing you can do to make me walk away. Jesus is the center and he's everything. Can we help our children to have that kind of confidence? Not just in giving them things. Yes, they're temporary, but who are they when they go into the world? And it was uh, the U.S. President Franklin Roosevelt that said, we cannot always build a future for our youth. But we can build our youth for the future. We can instill some things into them that no matter what the future looks like, you and I can't control it, but they're built up and they're ready to take it. They're ready to take it on. And the last thing, the last skill that I want to share with you today is as we find help for parenting, as we find help for helping those we love, is to release. We've done all the work. Well, in the notes, now we have to go and do it, but... We've done all the talking and found all the help. It kind of, you know, tightens our hearts a little bit. But if we don't release our children, they will want to rebel. They need to live their lives. You and I were once young. We cannot be kept contained. We need to be released. Remember, letting them go and preparing them for the world, it's not losing them. It's just losing them slowly, giving them away into what their future is going to be. We need to send our children out. We need to send our children out like arrows. And I love this passage in Psalms. This is going to be the last verse that we look at today. And I love this because King David talks about this analogy like arrows. We need to send our children out like arrows. And he says this, Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not put to shame. They will not be put to shame. And 
uh, when they contend with their opponents in court. Here's the cool thing. In many ways, our children are like arrows in the hand of a warrior. This is the analogy that King David is sharing with us in all his wisdom. He's saying, our kids are like arrows. Let's think about this. Arrows, and I have a picture of an arrow here. Arrows are made very intentionally. They must be carefully shaped and formed. They must be guided with skill and strength. They must be given care or they will not fly straight. I don't know if you're into archery here, but I've tried it before and I gave it up. It was too hard. But the reality is, if not given care, it will not fly straight. They must be aimed and given direction. An arrow will not find direction on its own, at least not the aim. It may find a different direction and maybe never hit its target. They are an extension of the warrior's strength. Your children are an extension extension of your strength and accomplishment as a parent and they have the potential for good and evil but how we raise them will help to shape who they become in the future to shoot an arrow requires a target what is the goal that you have for your children this is how we wrap up the series guys we want you to think about this because we want you to know what kind of people you want your children to be what is the target what is the goal that you have for your kids is it one that they would love the Lord and walk in his ways? If I can share with you guys the goal and the dream for my daughter as a mom, as a parent, is that she would know God and that she would love him. I cannot force her to love God. And nobody here is going to force you to make any decision to, to, you know, to become a Christ follower or to give your life to Jesus. No, 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 we're not going to do that. We're simply sharing that you have a heavenly father who cares about you and who saw us in our brokenness. And he said, I cannot leave you there. I love you too much. And he paid the price so you and I could simply receive a gift. And when we're ready to receive that gift, there's a full life. <laughs> Not a perfect life, but a full life. An extraordinary purpose that only God can give us. That's my goal for my daughter. What's your goal for, for your kids? Is it to achieve great things? Do you have a predetermined plan that is just, that's your target? And I want to ask you today, what is your goal as a parent? We also, as we shoot an arrow, we're required to have an aim, a direction, where we want to go. We know that there's going to be detours, but we want to end up, we want to plan as to where we want to end up. And I believe we should have our children in that conversation too, especially as they mature. The hard time, the, the difficult thing and the, the hard thing to do sometimes is to pull back. That's also part of shooting an arrow to releasing our children, to pull back. Is the preparation, is the preparation part where in a safe environment you're able to say, I'm going to allow you this space to maybe succeed or maybe fail, but I'm here in preparation for the day when maybe I'm not always there, but you know what this is like. You will not be confused or scared. There's a preparation, there's a stepping back and just saying, I'm here, but I trust you will do this well. Everything has a consequence, but you can do this. You can do this. I believe in you. And it can be hard sometimes because it means giving up control and giving up some things that we want to have our hands around all the time, but it's part of shooting an arrow. It's part of letting go and let them live their full, extraordinary purpose in this world. And last is to release. Because we love, we lead. 
We lead our kids, we lead our families. Parenting requires so much effort, but it's, if it's effort in action, it will communicate affection to your kids. We parent because we care. If I can ask you one thing, church, being here today and going back to Dundalk next Sunday is, can I encourage you and ask you to care for your kids and not just put them aside? If you really care and you, you love your kids, can we please just understand them? Make time to understand this generation that we're raising not just put our problems on them and say, life is just not so hard for you, when they're going through issues and that's all they know. You know better because you've lived longer and we've lived longer. This is all they know. This is the hardest it's ever gotten for them. Because we care, we need to parent so carefully so that they won't need repair later. There is no greater role that you and I can play in someone's life than to shape, support, and eventually send them out. I have prepared you. I have helped you. I have prayed for you. Now I trust God. I trust God that he's going to help you live out the extraordinary purpose. We instill into them. This is what we mean by inspiring the extraordinary. This is what we mean by inspiring the extraordinary is inspiring the extraordinary in every group, in every family, in every scenario. Even as parents are people of influence here today. And so as we wrap up this series, our six essentials, a healthy marriage, a foundation for our children. Maybe you've been hurt before, but marriage is still such a strong foundation. I believe it's the way to help our children to grow into their extraordinary purpose. Honoring relationships, asking for help from heaven. Jesus, I need your help as I parent. Humility in action. To create a hedge of happiness around our kids that makes them better, not bitter. And also to hone in and don't hold them back. You help to shape and sharpen them. They're going to keep coming back to you because they can see your investment. They can see that you were able to let go when needed in a safe way and you prepare them for their future.